Are you a new or aspiring woman leader that wants to make a successful leap into leadership? Do you want to grow your confidence and your leadership abilities so that you can become the kind of leader other people want to follow? Welcome to The Leadership Leap, a show that is all about helping women to become more confident about making the leap into leadership. Now, here is your host, Leanne Pico. Hello there. Welcome to The Leadership Leap. I'm Leanne Pico, your host. Uh, Today is going to be a fabulous show. I've been looking forward to this one for a while. Um, Before I tell you about what we're doing here today, though, I want to say thank you to Helen Patterson from Life Works Well for being on the show last time. She was talking about why last impressions matter and... It's a topical one. Uh, With so many layoffs and exits happening right now, it's it's, uh, super important that we give proper consideration. And and this is at all times. It's not just right now, but... um, it's it's just the scale right now that that where it applies but it's really important that we treat people with integrity and with dignity and we are mindful that when people leave they take their stories with them and also people tell stories about our companies or in our organizations when people have departed and how they've departed so that's why last impressions do matter it's a relationship piece um, but it's also around treating people well and helping them uh, as uh, I remember someone helped me understand when I had to let people go we're freeing them up for their future well we don't want to traumatize them along the way so that's a really important piece and, and uh, have a listen to Helen. And then I also want to say thanks, a uh, big thank you to Gurpreet Kaurman, our HR superhero. She was here having a great conversation with me about the current COVID-19 crisis and how it could impact women in the workplace. And I want to say a big thanks to Gurpreet because we kind of just riffed and, and had a great conversation, but some really important stuff came up. So have a listen to the show and you can have a listen on the show page or you can download or subscribe in your favorite podcast provider. Okay, so for today, a little bit later, we're going to be talking about having a growth mindset and how that relates to emotional intelligence. And we'll be talking about that with Michelle Bevan from Alchemy Coaching, and she'll be here for her regular segment, What's Your EQ? But before that, I'm delighted to welcome someone who's done an amazing job of helping us learn about women's experiences in the tech industry in Canada. Uh, And she's done that through national research, and uh, she's also deeply committed to advancing women in tech and and beyond. Um, Alicia Cloche is the founder and CEO of Women in Tech World a Canadian nonprofit that's dedicated to community-first research and programming to support and advance women in tech. Alicia led Women in Tech World's national research initiative, Driving WinTech, that resulted in Canada's most extensive qualitative data set on women in technology, hearing from over 1,600 voices across 30-plus tech communities. Alicia has also been recognized as BC Business Top 30 Under 30. She speaks nationally, and she's been featured in Fast Company and the Financial Post. I'm going to tell you a little something else about Alicia, or Allie, as I'm more used to calling her. Um, Allie used to work for me many years ago as a summer student, and um, I have to tell you, she's one of the most impressive young women I've had the pleasure of leading. She helped us get a new youth-led cafe started, and even then, she was a whiz at research and numbers and was deeply passionate. So um, I have had the very distinct pleasure of working with Ali, and now I have the pleasure of catching up with her again and helping her share her wisdom with you. Ali, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Leanne. It's an absolute pleasure to be here, and 
And definitely to come full circle with working for you. And I was just thinking back to the website that we were building for the Youth Cafe and being able to design that. And now to uh, talking more about women in tech and how that has evolved over the years. So thank you. Isn't that funny? It's so funny. And of course you did what you hoped with the website too. That's right. That's right. Well, I'm so happy to get to talk to you again, Ali. How long has it been? What? I think it's like 10 years or something. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> crazy. 2008, or yeah, 2008, so. Yeah, 12 crazy. years. You mm-hmm. have been busy in that time. Congratulations on your wonderful work and your awards. Well done. Thank you so much. Well, and so tell us about Women in Tech World. So what it, what is it and why did you start it? Yeah, so Women in Tech World fun out of, so it's a national nonprofit that's really focused on, as you had mentioned, community-first research and programming, but it um, started for me based on, uh, with my school and background of working in the tech industry and moved into a tech startup out west in Vancouver, and from there, just working in the industry really under, uh, was coming through different stories uh, from women and how it was the challenges were affecting them. And as I continued to grow in my role and build a data team at the startup and was hiring for my team, as well as getting more involved in the women in tech community, I realized that we were having these conversations over and over again of the challenges, but wanted to support women in making a change and really having their voices heard because they'd leave the conversations and nothing would be done. And so that was really the starting point of Women in Tech World was these community events and from that uh, national tour where we spoke with 1,600 women and men about what was working and not working in their local communities. And we were we went to 33 communities across Canada, started in Vancouver, went up to the Yukon, down to Alberta, and across every province to Newfoundland. And wow. so with all of this data, we, yes, yeah, it was, um, I could have never expected the scope that that project would um, take and take on. And it uh, was incredible to speak with all of these women in tech leaders and women are working in the tech industry in Canada and to really understand what was happening for them. A lot of times referring to U.S. research um, and so being from Canada, being able to have research here and develop programming to support women in tech in Canada specifically. Oh, that's awesome. Because and then, you know, it's funny because we do often defer to um, research from the U.S. on this one because with Silicon Valley and there's such a, you know, we, we but we have a very thriving tech community across Canada. So that that's awesome that you were able to kind of go and hear directly from people. Um, what is, so tell me about what were the common themes coming across and the common experiences of kind of aspiring current women leaders or women working in tech in general? Like, did you see some common themes? Because that, because Canada's a big country, so that's a big geography. Was there commonality in, in what they were experiencing? Yes, definitely. And, and as we have developed as well, there are, um, commonalities, to Europe and the U.S. and other areas um, that we have started to support as well. But within Canada specifically, um, there's 
So 25% of women in Canada's tech sector and only 5% are CEO and founders. And so with that uh, and research that had already been done is a number of women in entry-level positions that are just getting into working in the tech industry. Within the first one to four years, these women leave because of um, different challenges and barriers that they've had to overcome again and again throughout their education and then career. And so with the research that we did um, across Canada, there were five distinct barriers that emerged. Uh, The number one being bias and discrimination, which is Mm -hmm. around racist, sexist, condescending, and old school attitudes towards um, women in technology. Okay, hang on, because can we just... Can we just stay there? Can oh, we just stay yeah. there for one second? Okay, you just called. <laughs> so I want to just pull on something, and we, we will definitely cover the others. But I want to pull on something that's really interesting there for me that struck me. You talked about old school attitudes. We talk about technology. I mean, it's funny because technology is often characterized as you know dance mats and like the culture of Google and other tech places where you assume it's a younger generation. So tell us about what, what does it mean? Like the old school attitudes is, is it mainly old school attitudes towards women and probably particularly women of color, or is it like generally an old school way of doing business? Yes. And so the descriptions, and that was the language actually that all of our research participants used and, I was focused on, because even though technology is, when you think of it now, it's pervasive across all industries, and we think about Google and these new um, large mammoth um, technology companies, but it did start years years and years ago, um, like in the mid-1800s, Ada Lovelace, who wrote an algorithm for a computing machine back then is these women are just really starting to become recognized now as well. And so the old school attitudes is really talking about the um, discrimination and discriminatory conditions that these women were in during that time and is still pervasive in technology companies today. So old school attitudes being more around um, women seen as mothers and not, ah. uh, I can give you an example of um, one woman actually throughout our research. So this is an example. She had, she was working for a tech startup in Canada and had asked her um, boss for the weekend off. She was getting married and she didn't work on weekends. It's just within the tech culture. As we know, it's really a hustle culture and, um, and she had asked for the weekend off and they came back to her and say, actually, I don't think that we're going to be able to keep you on because we're not sure um, we're going to be able to support you when you have children. And she <gasps> had just asked for the weekend off to get married. Oh, uh, my so goodness. No they were that blatant. Or anything. Yes. What? That was and just like she didn't say I'm about to have. And even if she had said she wanted to have children. My goodness. That is so blatant and illegal. Yes. Oh, my goodness. And so, unfortunately, these are the stories that are being swept under yeah. under the rug. And and yeah. with Canada being a small tech um, community as well, a tech industry, you're 
two degrees of separation from um, others, knowing others in the industry, right. that a lot of women don't want to speak up because right. they're afraid that, okay, this is, yes, it is illegal, but when I'm looking for my next job, I don't want to have a bad uh, reputation. I want to still be able to pursue my career in tech. And so yes. that's why we see women after a number of microaggressions like this end up leaving. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, and it's it's not a lot different from a lot of other sectors, but it's pervasively um, it, it ties into the culture there for sure in terms of, like you say, it being a hustle culture. Okay, so what other what other things did you find out then? I, I kind of jumped in there, sorry. <laughs> oh, no, that's great. Um, and I just wanted to add there as well, I, one of the, the pieces around technology is um, we are seeing it across, yes, we do see it across other um, male-dominated ind- industries as well, but as we continue to develop, more technologies that are acting like humans as well need to ensure that we have a diverse Mm. team and skill set that are working on these to make sure that the types of biases that we're currently seeing don't continue to prevail. Oh, that's super interesting. So really, it's something I'm I'm quite passionate about in terms of um, this idea that somehow because it's tech, it's not biased. And it's just, it astounds me sometimes that we um, don't take into account that it's at the very, it's at the design stage that the biases, like they come in from the very, very beginning before anything ever comes to market. um, And that we we're not more aware of that. It seems, it seems crazy. So I'm really glad you brought that up. Yeah, and being a part of the, the testing, right, and making sure that we're mm-hmm. testing for all of the the different nuances and intersectionalities, um, yeah. for sure. Yeah, and for so sure. that leads into the, the next one. The, the five are, so bias and discrimination, organizational culture, personal barriers, resources, and education. And Ooh, so okay. the organizational culture was is really around um, the... Working the bro culture that we and we kind of mm-hmm. just touched on that um, that you hear about at the large tech companies um, that have come out in the news, and then personal barriers is and so this is really um, an interesting piece because it's, it's a symptom of the systemic issues that are, happen uh, within the tech industry, and because it's a male dominated as well as with the systemic issues. Women uh, don't feel confident. They have a lot of imposter syndrome. uh, And so that's what uh, personal barriers is really focused on. And that's the same in leadership. Uh, Ali, just to jump in there, it's exactly the same challenge in leadership. And that's why I've started the Leadership Leap um, because of, for exactly that reason. And what we do is we defer it to an individual challenge rather than a systemic issue, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. and that's why it's, um, yeah, I, lo- I love that you have started the Leadership Leap as well and being able to see other women um, mm-hmm. and understand their stories is super important uh, as piece of being able to to overcome those personal barriers is being able to build the confidence in seeing other women and role models and having those mentors is a big piece to that. Absolutely, absolutely. So next was resources, is that right? Yes, yes. 
Uh, and so with the resources, that uh, is focused on when we were doing our, we called them community conversations across the country. We, they were interactive, in-person research activities that we hosted. And from that, uh, we found that a lot of people didn't, even know what resources were available in their communities. So it was a great, um, it was great for women to be able to say, oh, I'm looking for mentorship or funding or different pieces. And then other partners and community members being able to say, oh, well, we do that or we have that support. So the unawareness of resources and um, was one piece. And then the other piece was just around the gap in resources overall um, yeah. for women. And just to put in a plug there, um, you've started a community that people can sign up to on a monthly basis and become a member of to kind of um, continue to convene with other women and share resources, right? Yeah, so that did spun out of our, our research for us, a, a big piece is we want to amplify all of the resources that are currently available um, at, through Women in Tech World and not recreate the wheel. And then we yeah. started two different programs based on our research where we saw there was a gap and one of them being the collective where uh, it connects women across Canada. So to break the silos, there's a, a number of groups that are more local. And so the community bridges the gap across Canada, and then also it, uh, we actually have women that are joined from around the world now, so Costa Rica and a number of places in Europe and Asia, um, so it just continues to grow and be able to share resources at that, um, at that level. Um, oh, that's and fabulous. And be able to learn from each other. Nice. Well done with that, because it's it's not easy to go from research to kind of implementation, and you did it quite quickly, so I'm sure... That there's, and if you had a lot of take-up, obviously geographically, but I'm sure that a lot of women have kind of jumped at the opportunity to be able to just find that space where they can not they can share their stories, but also, like you say, tap into, um, let's, let's say, it's kind of a counter to bro culture, right? Because the bro culture is all about connection and kind of, uh, you know, uh, we experience. We have similar experiences. We have similar interests, and so, in a way, what you're creating is a is a counter to that. Not in a, a deliberate counter, but it's kind of like a, a safe space for women to kind of form their own opinions and their own culture, right? Yeah, and to have that supportive community to be able to reach out to and um, provide introductions and. Um, if you're looking for different resources or you're looking for job opportunities and things like that, to have that supportive community. Um, one, exactly what you were saying is, is the safe space. And it, it isn't a counter. I, yeah, I feel I word. am yeah. a true believer. No, I'm, that's fine. But I'm a true believer in that it, it takes everyone to make this change happen. And yeah. it's, but with this, and it's not to be exclusive, it's just that we found uh, one of our partners, we uh, in 2016 partnered with Volition to do a women's pitch night. And they had been running pitch events in Vancouver for a year and a half. And there were no women pitchers that ever signed up for their events. And they only had a few women in the audience. And once we started to do the women's pitch night, 
it really took off, and now they have now they see women applying to their regular uh, pitch nights as well, which is exactly what we want to see: is to be able to provide that safe space for women to feel comfortable, and then and to make the change at a systems level. So with the events overall, that it is inclusive of everyone. Yeah, nice. And that's such a good point. And like you say, I, I knew when I was saying the word, it's, it's, but there's something about, and I, I, I go through this with my, my leadership stuff too, which is we, all, we do need to work together. And I've had a lot of men, and I'm sure you have, saying, yes, how can I help? Really passionate about this work. And at the same time, the challenge is, is without that safe space, sometimes women just, because we're often new to these spaces, either leadership or tech or, you know, anything that's been male-dominated, it, we don't know the terrain, and, and when we don't see other women there, then it's challenging. So I love that's a great example of where something quite practical is to kind of create, you know, that that safe space and then build confidence and then integration. So that's a, that's a really good description of the process that we often need to take. Yeah, that's what we have seen worked really well. Yeah. Okay, so what was number five? Because we've got a few minutes until break. I don't want to, and I can't remember. Usually I'm pretty good at remembering lists, but this one I, I've forgotten. What did you say number five was? No problem. Education. And ah, yes. so this one is speaking to both the technical skills as well as diversity and inclusion training. And so it's specific for women and being able support to be able to build their technical skills. But then also with companies and having more gender diverse and inclusive practices. And it was interesting just with our research overall because we had stakeholders from university, government, uh, the tech community, and it was really to have a confidential space for women to talk about their challenges, regardless of the company that they worked for. Or, um, and so what we do see within the distinct barriers overall is that they're, um, it's really looking at the tech community as a whole um, and how we can better work together than specific to like the workplace. Yeah, that's a great idea. Um, so it's a systemic piece, but also uh, because it's the workplace is, is only one piece. Um, but also I love that you're tackling both because, again, with leadership, similar challenge where we can equip pe- women as much as we like. We can equip, but if, if we haven't made room for them uh, in a way that is inclusive, safe, and also celebrates some differences, well, then, you know, it's it's kind of, you know, it's a challenge to see the outcomes that we want to see, right? Yes, um, definitely. And I, a big piece of it is, I find as well, is just listening and understanding, okay, well, what are those challenges that, like, if, in a workplace that your women, that women are experiencing and then being able to support with an response and different initiatives to be able to support within the workplace specifically um, yeah. and using data. So understanding, do qualitative interviews and um, have data to support the initiatives that you're building um, and not just guessing what you're, what women or any um, marginalized group need within the workplace. Absolutely. And so um, we've got about two, three minutes left, but I want to hit on something that I um, we kind of alluded to earlier. Uh, did you find any um, insights around women of color in particular? 
So for us, we have no, I guess is the um, answer. Our next step is to really go and do a more intersectional uh, research across Canada. Initially with our report, um, it was focused on women in technology overall. And so we haven't looked at the uh, it from an intersectional lens, and that is definitely now that we have the major problem statements going in and doing more research there. Awesome, that's so good. Okay, so Ali, how do people like how do women get involved in women in tech? How can they um, join your? Because it's really it's a movement, and we've we've seen this. Um, uh, a lot of uh, things happening for women in, in various industries. But like you say, I mean, it just with technology, you have what we, we were just talking about, the old school stuff, as well as the bro culture. Like it's kind of a double whammy for women. So um, it's so, so crucial to feel, like you said, feel supported, but also see other women. And this is an opportunity. So if you're a woman listening, um, and I'm, I'm presuming you're you're talking about women at all levels, right? All leadership levels, aspiring Anyone can yeah. join, is that right? So tell us who. How can yeah. they get in touch? It's all um, all women in in both technical and non technical roles within that are working in tech. Okay. And so they can get in touch through collective at womenintechworld.com. That's our community for women in tech around the world to support each other. Um, it's all virtual. And then there's also through our website at womenintechworld.com as well, you'll see opportunities for our mastermind program, which is a six-month program, and it's a group of eight women per cohort where we bring in experts every month, and then there, it's peer-to-peer mentorship with uh, facilitators through my CEO. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, Ali, thank you so much. It was such important research and such important work that you're doing. And, um, and you know, as a, as a former leader um, who was able to experience your wonderful work ethic and your passion, I just want to say I'm super proud of you. Super proud of you and well done. Oh, well, thank you so much, Leanne. And I, yeah, it's a big moment for me as well to be able to be on your talk show and just to be able to to see how yeah everything that you're doing uh to support leaders it's amazing to see your work as well so thank you so much for having me here today well thank you and i'll get in contact we'll have coffee and let's talk about how we can work together that sounds great all right thanks ali take care bye you too take care Okay, so thank you again to Alicia Close, who is the founder and CEO of Women in Tech World. As Alicia said, you can get in contact with them um, in terms of getting support for yourself. Also, um, if you're a leader in a technology company, and I'm, I'm going to say this, which is you have a responsibility too. So maybe you could pay for the memberships for the women in your organization who may be experiencing stuff that you can't see or don't see or um, you know, maybe you could support them in getting support with women in tech. Um, it's a movement, it's a change. And as we're seeing around the world, when we have women leaders at the table, um, we are more productive, we are more able to come up with diverse ideas, and, you know, you earn more money. So think about how you're going to support the women in your industry to get uh, other support from other women who are in the industry already. 
When we come back from the break, we will be talking with Michelle Bevan about growth mindset. And um, it's a super important piece. Um, but what I'm looking forward to is hearing about the tie to emotional intelligence. How does it tie? So we'll be talking about that in just a second. Come back soon. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Hi there, this is Liam Picot, the host of The Leadership Leap. Thank you for listening to the show. Before I stepped into my first leadership role, I wasn't sure about becoming a leader. I was worried I didn't have the skills or confidence to do it well. When I did move up, I always say that I attended the What Not To Do School of Leadership as I knew all the things I didn't want to do, but I was less clear about the kind of leader I wanted to be. So I had to learn that the hard way. That's why I created my online leadership program, also called The Leadership Leap. I help new and aspiring women leaders to grow your confidence and your leadership abilities so you can avoid some of the mistakes I made and make a more successful leap into leadership. Through over 20 video lessons, monthly group coaching, and homework exercises that help you put the learning into action right away, you will discover who you are as a leader and learn how to inspire others. You will also be part of a growing community of other fabulous new and aspiring leaders just like you. Find out more and sign up to learn with me at theleadershipleap.net and use coupon code radio for an extra $100 off just for listening. Make the leap into becoming the kind of leader you most want to be. Hi there, this is Liam Picot, the host of The Leadership Leap. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Before I stepped into my first leadership role, I wasn't sure about becoming a leader. I was worried I didn't have the skills or confidence to do it well. When I did move up, I always say that I attended the what not to do school of leadership as I knew all the things I didn't want to do, but I was less clear about the kind of leader I wanted to be. So I had to learn the hard way. That's why I created my online leadership program, also called The Leadership Leap. I help new and aspiring women leaders to grow your confidence and your leadership abilities so you can avoid some of the mistakes I made and make a more successful leap into leadership. Through over 20 video lessons, monthly group coaching, and homework exercises that help you put the learning into action right away, you'll discover who you are as a leader and learn how to inspire others. You will also be part of a growing community of other fabulous new and aspiring leaders just like you. Find out more and sign up to learn with me at theleadershipleap.net and use coupon code radio for an extra $100 off just for listening. Make the leap into becoming the kind of leader, end 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 of leader, you most want to be. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to The Leadership Leap with Leanne Pico. You can find out more about Leanne and the program at theleadershipleap.net. Don't forget that you can also send in your questions about all things leadership to Leanne at her email address, info at theleadershipleap.net, and we'll try to answer them on the show. Now, back to The Leadership Leap. 
Hey, welcome back and thank you so much for listening. Thanks again to Ali for, um, from Women in Tech sharing her experiences and uh, the narrative around technology um, and how women are experiencing the sector. Um, we're now going to talk with Michelle Bevan uh, for her regular segment, which is What's Your EQ? And uh, I want to kind of cue this up by saying uh, one of the most interesting things about our current time Uh, which is, and for those of you who are listening in years to come, it's COVID-19. We're all at home. We're not leaving our houses. (laughs) We're we're behaving ourselves. Um, But I wanted to say something about it's really important. Uh, I think one of the biggest lessons that we will be dealing with and will have learned during this time is around emotional intelligence. And um, if we didn't know already that it was important for leaders, we know it now. So, So I'm looking forward to talking to Michelle about this. Uh, particularly around the growth mindset, because we might feel a little stuck right now, but we are still developing and we're still learning. So let's let's bring those two things together today. So just to remind you that Michelle Bevan is an International Coaches Federation certified coach with an extensive human resources background. And as an executive coach, Michelle's focus, focus is on emotional intelligence. Uh, she employs formal EQ assessments to identify gaps as the foundation for one-on-one coaching with her clients. And she helps new leaders and experienced executives to better understand themselves, manage their emotions, motivate and inspire their teams, and fully step into the strong and respective leaders they want to be. Again, super important right now as you're kind of moving along uh, and just kind of dealing with stuff, um, keep in mind you, how you are in the world is, is how you are being seen as a leader and we, we can still have a grip on that. So Michelle, it's so good to see you again. It's good to be back. I feel like it's been a long time, Leanne. <laughs> I feel yesterday was a long time ago. <laughs> I was lucky to remember even doing this show. I almost stood you all up because I didn't know what day it was. <laughs> yeah, I think all the days are melting into each other. So. <laughs> they really are. They really are. So, yeah. Michelle, tell us, because um, this is a big time in terms of the emotional stuff. And like I said, we can maybe feel a little stuck because we're kind of staying in place. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is actually a good time to focus on growth mindset. Um, but tell us, what actually is a growth mindset? Yeah, you know what? I just want to point out something. Your previous guest, um, Allie, if I can, if I can use her name uh, like that, yeah. is she really embodies and honestly promotes. Uh, growth mindset with all the work that she does for women in tech. So I applaud her for what yes. she does. And um, it growth, growth mindset really, you know, when we talk about mindset, it, we're talking about a set of conscious or unconscious beliefs that really affect how we feel about our own abilities and how we then in turn behave and how we affect those around us. So our mindset if you can think of it this way, either you control it or it controls you. Right. So it, when we talk about mindset, there's two different types of mindset, and it, it's, it's worth talking about both. Um, we're going to focus on growth mindset here, but growth mindset is, is one mindset. Fixed mindset is another. So let me just give you the kind of overall overview of what each of those are, and then we can chat a little bit further about it. Um, growth mindset is that underlying belief that our abilities and our intelligence to include our emotional intelligence can be developed. So when we are going through 
certain circumstances, uh, we have setbacks, as we, you know, are experiencing right now. We know that with a growth mindset, a growth mindset sort of uh, propels us to know that we're going to get through this. We're not, we don't take on the role of a victim. Right. With a fixed mindset, um, that is where we have our underlying beliefs about our abilities and intelligence, again, as, as well as our emotional intelligence, is predetermined. So we see situations and challenges um, as roadblocks that are impassable. So we're not going to be able to get through something or overcome something. Right. And it's a, it's a, an interesting thing because a lot of people refer to it as a glass half full, glass half empty, mm-hmm. um, which I think is, um, it's a good uh, kind of generalization, but it's, we have to be careful about that because we often position growth mindset about optimism. And that's not all that it's about, is it? It's, it's also about action, in terms of Actually. maybe seeking opportunity or doing things differently, learning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ab- excellent. Yeah, that's exactly it. You, it's it's looking at something from the perspective of how can I do this differently. So, yeah. so let me give you an example of some of the mindset speak that might happen on you know with either a fixed mindset or growth mindset. With a fixed mindset, and I'm, I'm thinking about it in context of what we're going through right now. So, you know, a fixed mindset, some of that speak might be, I give up. And a growth mindset would be, I'll use a different strategy. So I'm going to be thinking about how can I do this differently. Um, Fixed mindset may may say, this is too hard. Yeah. Growth mindset says, this may take some time, but I know we're going to get on the other side of this. So I see the difference between the two. Yeah. And how about with a leader? Because when I think about leaders um, and some of the ones I've known, um, there's something, there's stuff that we do in leadership that kind of is an extension of the kind of mindset we have. So one of the things, and you you referred to it with Ali in terms of like, you you know, grew, uh, uh, you know, a project and a, some data and then developed it and kept going and is interested in change. And that's kind of like with leaders, right, is when we think mm-hmm. about leaders who are interested in development, who kind of see other people as people who are to be developed, whereas a fixed mindset, and I, you know, I've coached leaders in this place myself, um, they're not easy to coach, by the way. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say it. You probably don't want to. I'm going to say it. <laughs> who kind of look at themselves and others as I am. This is who I am. And this is yeah. who I will always be. And that right. is who they are. And there's nothing we can do to change them. So we either, you know, we either accept them or get rid of them. Like it, it's, it's, well, it does really impact, right, how we lead. Absolutely. Um, you know, Ali's a perfect example. Um, if we, if we thought the way we used to think way back when, women couldn't get into technology. They just can't because they're women. Yeah. So that's who they are, and their ability is not, you know, cannot be grown or developed or, you know, explored anything past what, what we already identify them as. Right. So, yeah, so as a, as a leader, it's really, really key because leaders are, you know, as you say, one of their main roles is to be responsibilities is to develop. So to be able to see, you know, what, 
what is innate in their um, in their employee and what can be developed. Yeah. So you know that talks to uh, leaning into their emotional intelligence from the perspective of not only understanding themselves, but being under, understanding of others. So understanding where other people are coming from, what's possible um, for that employee. Right. Okay. So tell us a little more about that. So what is that connection to, so my mindset, here I am with this, um, the, this is how I, I, I see the world. This is how I um, kind of am in the world because of what I think. Um, how does that attach to their emotional intelligence and their EQ skills? Because that's an emotional piece. Like, what's the connection between mm-hmm. them? Well, I see EI, emotional intelligence, as really fueling a growth mindset. So, you know, our moods and emotions are really interlinked with our mindset. Um, it's actually scientifically proven that... Um, Positive emotions really help to broaden our thinking and help to engage us. A fixed mindset will ha- will have a much more narrow view. There is there is you know time and a place for a fixed mindset. If the building's on fire, and you know you you know you need to get out, you know what the directive is, and you need straight execution. That you know you're not going to deviate from that. That is what needs to be done. But when you are um, feeling good and experiencing positive emotions, you're more aligned with that growth mindset. You're more aligned to think about what are different ways that we can do this. What are different ways that I can approach this? Um, And using your EI to cultivate a growth mindset actually helps you to move from that, that narrow vision, which is associated with me, and my inabilities or my limited abilities to, you know, moving that out to more of a we, what can we do, what can I do to increase, you know, my own ability and our, our abilities to, you know, move us forward. So that, that incorporates self-awareness, even self-expression, some reality testing, which is a piece of emotional intelligence as well, being able to see things as they really are. Um, and then using your empathy and interpersonal relationships to help you fuel that growth mindset, to grow that growth mindset. Nice, nice. And so as you were talking there, I started thinking about what we were talking about earlier, about kind of the current situation and also around, um, you know, if there's a fire and this is what we need to do, it's super, we're kind of in a fire right now. Um, but the fixed mindset isn't isn't what's useful um, because when I think about a lot of organizations and they you know their leaders and their um, policies and practices where we we don't we can't do remote working here uh, we can't do things virtually um, like there's whole uh, cultural pieces where people were uncomfortable with change uh, and mm-hmm. so refused to kind of think about how they could do it. And now they've had to do it, mm-hmm. whether they wanted mm-hmm. to or not. What? How does that impact? Because so I guess that's my, my question is, if, if I'm somebody who has a fixed mindset often, and, and maybe I have like a global event like this one, can it mm-hmm. shift? Like what shifts, what can shift me from, a, like is a fixed mindset fixed for all time or are there ways of, 
kind of intentionally developing or unintentionally because we have to respond to something, a growth mindset. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I, I think what happens is, you know, there are certain triggers that set off your fixed mindset and, and uh, that can be challenges, setbacks, even hard work, you know, in some cases, um, regardless of what, let's put COVID aside for a second. Like if you're, you're experiencing it, oh gosh, I'm really like slogging through it. It's so much hard work for me. That can, that can trigger a fixed mindset or critique right. if you receive yeah. uh, negative feedback or even the success of others. So that can trigger that fixed mindset. Okay, so can we just, I just want to clarify something, because I think it's this is super important for all of us, that um, the fixed mindset may not be fixed all the time. It may sometimes be triggered. I love that you've just said that, because it actually triggered me to think about, there are some times, and my family will attest, that I have a bit of a fixed mindset, and I say no to things before I've really explored them. Um, Right. In another aspect of my life, in my work life, however, I, you know, I'm hustling, moving, shaking, trying to love learning, doing stuff, right? So is yeah. it like, do we, are we looking at it um, incorrectly to kind of label people as that's fixed or that's a growth mindset? Because in actual fact that what you just talked about was that emotional trigger um, is actually the lead-in. Yeah, and I love the way you just put that um, labeling because we we want to we don't want to be doing that. We just want to be aware that mindset is something that you control. So right. um, the control is all with you. You can choose to, you know, go with a fixed mindset on something. Um, or a growth mindset. It doesn't mean if you adopt a fixed mindset on, on a few areas in your life that you you have a fixed mindset forever and a day, and it can't be changed. Yeah, I um, like when, green peppers. I have a fixed mindset about <laughs> green peppers. You, No one will ever help me learn how to love those. There's just no way. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to reduce it. I, it's an emotional yeah. reaction I have to green peppers. So I just There you go. So, you know, you, but, but the control is yours. The control is yours to remain, you know, with that adopted mindset regarding that specific thing. Um, And when you have a fixed mindset, when you realize, you know, you have a fixed mindset, which COVID has sort of forced us, as you said, to sort of go, wait a minute, we can't do what we did before. We need to think of something else. Right. We need to think of working differently. So when that when that fixed mindset, when you have that um, you know consciousness of I'm in a fixed mindset, and I, what you want to be doing is identifying what the trigger is. So you know, thinking about when you felt like this, when you had these feelings before, and then accepting how you're feeling. So don't judge yourself for your feelings because they're they're real and they're valid. So when we're feeling, you know, like this is something that is happening to us, that may be the trigger for us to move into a fixed mindset that we can't get through this. We can't do right. what we need to do. We can't change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. then the onus is on you because mindset, again, is key um, for us to determine whether are we're going to keep going or whether we're going to give up. So... Um, if the, you're in a fixed mindset and it's not serving you well, you know, the, the 
move then to a growth mindset is where you need to go. Um, making sure that, you know, you're learning to hear your fixed mindset in your dialogue. So some of those, you know, um, mindset speaks uh, that I told you about before, like yeah. gave you examples of before. Tune into those. Tune into your self-awareness, emotional self-awareness. How am I feeling in this moment? How is this serving me? What am I, you know, how can I recognize that I have a choice and who, how can I lean into my interpersonal relationships, into my empathy, into my reality testing to understand how I can do things differently to move myself from a, from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset, knowing that I've got the choice, the choice is mine to, to act in that growth mindset approach. Okay. Um, I'm going to just throw in a little chicken and egg piece, which is if I have a fixed mindset, how do I like, how do I know I have a choice? I think you have to, you know, at this, at that point, you have to really do some self um, awareness exercise to, to understand, is this serving me well? Like take okay. a look at, are my actions getting me to where I want to get to? Are my goals being met? You know, we've all been through situations um, at times where we've set a goal, we've planned to achieve it, we've done, you know, what we thought we needed to do, but it didn't happen. Right. And, you know, if we look back on that, um, we may see that the circumstances were involved, but it may also lead us to understand that, you know what, it actually came down to whether I had a fixed or growth mindset in regards to could I actually do this? Could I accomplish this goal? Um, was I stopping myself? Right. So that's it's really important, like you say, in terms of that tie then is really to that emotional connection. It's really mm-hmm. about um, being able to have that self-awareness and identifying how we feel about stuff may be the thing that leads us to understand that we may have a fixed mindset about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, right that's that's have. very cool. That's a cool thing for people to understand that they're that if that they're not stuck, they can they have a choice and look at how they're feeling and like you said how they're uh, experiencing and being experienced uh, for the indicators, right? Exactly. What's the feedback you're getting? What's the reaction? What, how is it landing with people? All of those things are things that you know, you want to be aware of to understand um, if your mindset is is serving you well in this particular moment. And we know that, you know, going forward on the other side of what we're going through right now, the status quo isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're not going to be served well by doing what we did. What's that saying? You know, what got you here isn't going to get you there. Yep. Um, there's going to be some change, and we know there's going to be some change. And a growth mindset looks forward to that. It, 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 it you know, you feel the challenge wholeheartedly, but then you you move to action, as you mentioned before, to you know decide what is it that I'm going to be doing that's going to be that it's going to be different but better on the other side of this. Mm-hmm. And leaders pay play a big role in this right now. Um, sort of the call to action for leaders, in my opinion, is to really be able to work with that, with themselves, within themselves, to raise their self-awareness, their emotional self-awareness, 
and and then create that, you know, rallying cry with their teams yes. to be able to say, you know, what are we what are we moving towards? What is the one thing that we can be working on right now that we can all get behind um, so that we are moving to that growth mindset as we move out of this situation? Absolutely. And so I'm going to put a plug in there for coaching with Michelle for leaders, because the thing is, is that there's a temptation and we've seen it. Um, people are saying, oh, no, we'll put leadership development off to later and we'll not do stuff, etc. And I get it if you're, you know, have some resource issues, but you cannot afford for your leaders to not be supported emotionally right now to support others emotionally. So I just want to say that it's really important for um, leaders to kind of access support like with um you know in terms of the work that you're doing michelle because the and for me you know i understand it like people may not want to attend a you know a a full day or even a three-hour leadership development session but coaching is perfect for this work over the next few months right and and i'm i'm going to say in terms of emotional intelligence but also in terms of maintaining that growth mindset yes Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate that. And, and I agree with you 100%. I mean, being able to be a leader who is going through this yourself um, and being able to show your vulnerability, create that trust with your team, um, to move your team, help them shift to a growth mindset by doing that um, will really help them be more engaged and, and better on the other side of this, healthier, healthier team yeah. on the other side of this. Super important. So connect with Michelle at Alchemy Coaching. Uh, Michelle's email is on the um, show page. Thank you, Michelle. Really appreciate you being here today. Thank you, Leanne. Take care. Thank you. Okay, so get your support, get some coaching, get some some help. Thanks to you to Ali and Michelle for an amazing show as always. Uh, we've learned lots today and looking forward to next time when we have Christina Sacchifio here for the Inclusion Zone and Tina De Los Santos here for Who Thought It Best. See you next time. Thank you for joining us this week for the Leadership Leap. Liam Pico invites you to tune in for another engaging program next Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll help you make a successful leap into leadership.